0: And you're on right now with Jim Dawes of the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Coming to you from the shores of the Indian River on Florida's beautiful Treasure Coast. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. We're streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. You can shoot me an email. The address is right now jimdaws at gmail.com or call the vent line at Raise Hell at 772 245 0750. That's 772 245 0750. So. Obama, the chosen one, finally got around to endorsing his vice president, the guy that he claimed was the best decision he ever made when he appointed Joe Biden as his vice president. I guess he was right. He had somebody that was uh, there that would nod his head and, uh, and go along by getting along. I guess, you know, that's kind of the job of a vice president. But let's face it, Joe Biden was chosen to be Barack Obama's vice president because uh, he wouldn't outshine him. He wouldn't ask any tough questions. And, uh, you know, he could uh, he could be set over in a corner and patted on the head occasionally and uh, would be perfectly happy with that. Joe Biden accomplished almost nothing uh, in his eight years of vice president. He was never given any significant duties. They said he worked on uh, nuclear proliferation and climate change I didn't see any of that. I didn't see Joe Biden really taking the lead on anything. Occasionally, now, i got to give him this. He would run up to the Senate and use his long years of connections there in order to get one of Obama's uh, legislative priorities passed. But other than that, it was pretty thin stuff. And it probably explains why Barack Obama waited until after every single one of the uh, 17 other Democrat candidates dropped out of this race before he finally, including Bernie Sanders, by the way, before he finally got around to en- endorsing Joe Biden. Now, if you had a, a vice president that you had complete confidence in, that, that you believed was really the guy to take on and take down Donald Trump, wouldn't you have gotten involved in this? Back, oh, after New Hampshire, after Joe Biden had came in, uh, what was it, fifth place in Iowa and fourth place in New Hampshire? I think he came in fourth place in Nevada as well. If Barack Obama really wanted Joe Biden to be the next president, why did he sit on the sidelines and almost allow him to be eliminated from the, uh, from the primaries? And Barack Obama came out, as he does, you know, in one of these long-winded, boring, dishonest um, uh, speeches. I don't even want to call it a speech because it's so low energy. It absolutely enchants his supporters. They just love it. He has, uh, you know, he has someone write him a really good speech, and he reads it as if he's just completely sincere about it. And that was the case here. This thing went on for like um, 14 minutes, and he'd been in his speech. He didn't get around to endorsing Joe Biden until like the 11th minute in at some points in that he you know he was making backhanded insults to Donald Trump and the GOP. and, uh, and that, was, that was interesting to hear. I'll play you a clip of, of that part of his speech.
1: Right now, we need Americans of goodwill to unite in a great awakening against a politics that too often has been characterized by corruption, carelessness, self-dealing,
0: disinformation. Now, this is the guy, keep in mind, calling uh, calling Trump and the Republicans corrupt and self-dealing. This is the guy that headed up the Russiagate hoax. They have... None of the people in the media have yet to ask him what he knew and when he knew it about John Brennan and James Comey trying to steal an election, literally subverted the Constitution, sicked his law enforcement and intelligence agencies on his, his um, the, the opposing party's presidential candidate, coordinated with the Hillary Clinton campaign to use our law enforcement and intelligence agencies for political purposes. And that wasn't the first time. He did it repeatedly throughout his term in the White House. He sicked the IRS on his political opponents. He uh, had his Department of Justice bring charges against reporters who dared to uncover his wrongdoing. He had his, uh, his attorney general, was the first attorney general in the history of the United States to be held in contempt because he steadfastly refused to uh, allow Congress records related to the fast and furious campaign, where uh, border agents were killed by guns that uh, that his ATF had shipped to the cartels in uh, in Mexico. But I digress. Let's get back to this clip.
1: It's a politics that too often has been characterized by corruption carelessness self-dealing disinformation ignorance and just plain meanness
0: well i I would have to give him the meanness we've finally got a, a gop president that doesn't uh you know cower meekly and allow the media and the democrats to kick him around he pushes back and if he didn't he would be another george w bush he'd end up getting very little done he would let the establishment lead him around by the nose He would have got us into more wars by now. He would have uh, allowed more and more American jobs to be shipped overseas. Incompetence, this guy says, incompetence. He never had a growth rate in his eight years as president, over 2%. It was a malaise where, you know, even the jobs we had were low-paying service jobs, wasn't concerned at all about bringing back manufacturing he and his class of people were doing just fine and as long as he could continue to uh, to satisfy the coastal elites and buy enough votes from uh, from his identity politics coalition he was perfectly happy
1: and to change that we need Americans of all political stripes to get involved in our politics And our public life like never before. For those of us who believe in building a more just, more generous, more democratic America.
0: A just and generous America, he says. Donald Trump gave people jobs. He filled up the workforce. He closed our borders so that American workers wouldn't have to be competing against low-wage, illegal immigrants. He reformed our trade deals so that he could bring back manufacturing, the really good-paying middle-class jobs, and invigorate this economy. He fixed so many of the things. He, he got us out of this disastrous Paris Climate Accord, which was just going to be a job suck, while at the same time required American taxpayers to uh, to subsidize the Pollution that was still going on in the so called developing world, which includes China and India. This man, in his eight years in office, was an absolute disaster, but he speaks well. And, uh, and, and you know, the, the leftists just love him. He's their champion. And now he's finally come out behind his own vice president after every single other candidate in the race dropped out. And they're excited about that. They're, they're all a Twitter, you might say. Here's a sort of a spoof on Barack Obama's endorsement.
1: Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made. What are we doing? What's going on right now? And I believe Joe has all the qualities we need in a president right now.
2: I got a lot of it. I got hairy legs. That's Joe.
1: And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for president of the United States.
0: <laughs> well, Joe Biden got the word that Barack Obama had endorsed him. And he said, uh, well, for what? <laughs> oh, man. At one point during his uh, his little endorsement speech, Barack Obama had the nerve to come out and attack Fox News because they dare, you know, to give an opposing point of view to the rest of the mainstream media.
1: The other side has a massive war chest. The other side has a propaganda network with little regard for the truth.
0: Oh, my God. Now, this is, a, this is a, you know, the guy calling Fox News propaganda network while, I guess, inferring that if you want real news – you need to go to CNN and MSNBC, the two networks that were the most discredited cable news outlets over this Russia hoax that they pursued relentlessly for three solid years. It was a giant hoax on the American people that was designed to take down a sitting president. But he wants to call Fox News, the, the network, by the way, that got it right, that called it a hoax early on. He wants to call them a propaganda network. Little regard for truth, he says. But he's uh, Obama's calling Joe Biden the most progressive candidate in history. And he spent almost as much time during his endorsement uh, praising Bernie Sanders as he did Joe Biden. And basically that is because, you know, uh, Barack Obama was uh, – Actually, more ideologically aligned with Bernie Sanders, Barack Obama was uh, raised to be a, a Marxist. He he was mentored and fathered, by the way, by Frank Marshall Davis, a communist organizer from Chicago who moved to Hawaii and engaged in a uh, an affair with his um, his lunatic mother. But if you read um, his, his autobiography dreams of my father, he says, you will talk, you'll hear him talk a lot more about Frank Marshall Davis. He calls him Frank. He doesn't identify who all he is, but, uh, it was Frank Marshall Davis, a communist organizer who, who, uh, mentored Barack Obama, Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders are fellow travelers. And what little he did talk about Joe Biden's plan was to highlight the fact that Joe Biden had pretty much adopted most of Bernie Sanders agenda, you know, not all of it. He 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 knows that uh, he can't get elected if he goes all the way, but he he's adopted almost all of it. Open borders, free health care, government funded health care for illegal immigrants uh, sanctuary cities he's he's trying to straddle this line joe biden is as being a toady for the wall street establishment while at the same time um you know giving enough of these giveaway programs to satisfy the commie bernie bros trump i think asked a very good question uh, at last week's presser and that is uh if if Barack Obama is so enthusiastic about Joe Biden, what the hell took so long?
3: Is he dropping out or not? That's not dropping out. When you keep your delegates and then you want more delegates before you get to the convention.
0: Well, he's talking about uh, Bernie right there.
3: That's a weird deal going on there. I don't know what's happening. And I don't know why President Obama hasn't supported... Joe Biden, a long time ago, there's something he feels is wrong. Why isn't he'll come out? I'm sure he's got to come out at some point because he certainly doesn't want to see me for four more years. We're not. uh, We we think a little bit differently. You know what? I'll tell you, it it does amaze me that President Obama hasn't supported Sleepy Joe. It just hasn't happened. When's it going to happen?
0: Well, it's going to be very interesting to see them out on the campaign trail. If uh, if Joe Biden, who can barely string together a sentence, uh, allows Barack Obama to introduce him, Barack Obama, say what you will about his his ideology and his uh, his uh, identity politics, he is a good orator, and the contrast between. Joe Biden trying to figure out where he is, what state he's in, what day it is, what office he's running for. And Barack Obama, you know, giving one of these long-winded, eloquent uh, introduction speeches that is actually absolutely empty of any actual content is going to be something to watch. But it's not going to make any difference. This, this, I mean, uh, Trump turning around the economy, building, uh, you know, uh, building a, a full employment economy with rising wages has just made Barack Obama discredited him, um, by, uh, you know, by example. And I don't think the Bernie bros are going to get excited. You had Andrew Yang's, um, uh, campaign manager come out and call, uh, Andrew Yang, a sellout for endorsing Biden. And uh, if you go on Twitter, you can see all Bernie bros all over saying they will never vote for Joe Biden. The guy that, you know, kept us in wars in the Middle East that sold out American workers to China. At some point, um, the media is going to have to take the blinders off and recognize that uh, Joe Biden's son is still on the the communist Chinese payroll to the tune of about $30 million a year. Imagine if one of the Trump kids had done that. But right now they can't be concerned with that because they're still busy covering up the sexual assault claim uh, that's come out against Joe Biden, where a office staffer, her name is Tara Reid, uh, says that joe biden sexually assaulted her back in 1993 the new york times uh took took to the paper on sunday and wrote a uh, a long-winded um article that was just designed to let joe biden off the hook It actually at one point tara reed has filed a criminal complaint against joe biden and uh the New York Times had to point out that filing a criminal complaint, a false criminal complaint, is punishable by a prison. <laughs> Quite a contrast to their coverage of the Brett Kavanaugh story, to say the least. Hey, I want to remind you to run on over to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. And get your um, your emergency food supply if you go to prepare with mojo50.com, it'll take you to my patriot supply and if you go there today, you can save $100 on a 4-week emergency food supply. Normally $297, you can get it today for $197 and you'll get free same-day shipping. It's got 2000 calories, 284 servings totals of bref- breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks and snacks. And uh, this uh, this food supply has a 25-year shelf life. Go ahead and uh, spend part of that, that government stimulus check, and you'll be prepared for the next time our leaders lose their damn mind and try to lock us in the house. Speaking of that 12-week food supply, old Nancy Pelosi, who is uh, locked in her San Francisco mansion that has a wall around it, by the way, is uh, came out of her hole long enough yesterday to appear on MSNBC, and couldn't help but to brag about the fact that she had uh, kept the Senate from re- restocking the amount of money that it's going to take to uh, to for this Paycheck Protection Program to get through this May first reopening.
4: So last week when they came, they asked for a quarter of a trillion dollars in 48 hours. I said, well, I don't, I don't think so. Let's see how we can uh, open this up to many more people. So Chuck Schumer and I, and this all happened on the Senate side, and I congratulate
0: the Senate. <laughs> this all happened on the Senate side, and I uh, grabbed Chuck Schumer by his tiny little nuts and told him he will go out there and filibuster it.
4: And this all happened on the Senate side, and I congratulate the Senate Democrats. Uh, they went to the floor when Mitch McConnell went in for his two hundred and fifty, and they said they objected.
0: They objected. They filibustered. They absolutely blocked the majority from passing this $250 billion, um, uh, I guess it's an appropriation that would have uh, increased the amount of money available for the Paycheck Protection Program. Nancy Pelosi's bragging about it, that she made Chuck Schumer filibuster it, and then she promptly adjourned the House of Representatives and is hunkered down in her San Francisco mansion, not scheduled to return until, I think it's May 7th. It's uh, it's after the first week in May. So there's your Democrats for you. They, uh, they claim to support the working people, but unless they get all of the, the goodies and perks, including, uh, vote by mail schemes, they're going to hold the American people hostage while your state government holds you hostage in your house. Did you see that clip of Fredo, uh, Chris Como? (laughs) He's, uh, he's of course tested positive for the coronavirus. And I think he is, um, He's not allowed to take hydroxychloroquine because, uh, you know, that would be so hypocritical because he was one of the ones on CNN that was claiming that hydroxychloroquine was a hoax. So he's uh, he's having a hard time kicking it. And uh, he was giving a a radio interview from his his basement where they've got his CNN studio set up. He pointed out that he, uh, he you know, he he hasn't been able to kick it. Not nearly as quickly as somebody uh, as young. I think Andrew Cuomo about 50, 52, somewhere in there. And, uh, and obviously healthy. But he appeared on this radio show and uh, he let everybody know that he doesn't like working for CNN at all.
2: Because I don't want to spend my time doing things that I don't think that are valuable enough to me personally. Like what? Well, I don't like what I do professionally. I've decided. Um, I like doing this show. I like talking to you
0: guys. (laughs) Maybe, you know, he's had some time for self-reflection and realized that he's living a lie, that he is part of a literally a propaganda network. And if you have any doubt of that, all you have to do is watch their coverage of some of these press briefings. But um, he goes on
2: personally like what well i don't like what i do professionally i've decided um i like doing this show i like talking to you guys but i don't value indulging irrationality hyper partisanship i don't think it's worth my time
0: Irrationality, hyperpartisanship. Now, if you've ever watched CNN, and they have these big panels. There'll be six, sometimes eight or nine people on these panels with Fredo uh, moderating. There maybe be, be uh, there maybe will be one conservative or one Republican on that panel, and the rest of them will just you know tee off on him. So, uh, whose irrationality and hyperpartisanship are they are they indulging in, according to Como? It's quite obviously the Dems.
2: And I don't want some jackass loser, fat tire biker um, to be able to pull over uh, and get in my face and in my space and
0: talk bullshit to me. <laughs> Apparently, Fredo was out in his driveway and uh, somebody came, came uh, riding along on their bike and gave him s- some, uh, some ration of shit for being outside of his house which yeah i wouldn't like that either but <laughs> i don't think it's going to uh launch a normal person on this uh this period of self reflection i think he's had his feelings hurt all the way back from when he uh, you know became fredo when that uh, that guy at that party out on long island called him that and he threatened to throw him down some stairs
2: I don't want to hear it, and just like you would, right? You, you're not going to tolerate that, right? Some cat just basically pulls up in the driveway next to yours and starts getting in your face about stuff. How how's that going to go? How's that going
0: to go, right? So, Fredo's saying, I guess he's suffering from another bat bout of Roid rage, but he's saying that uh, you know if he didn't have this job on CNN, he could have kicked this guy's butt. I guess that's what he's saying. Kind of hard to tell. Hey, we got to run out to a break when we come back. We're going to catch up on the latest developments on the Russiagate hoax right after these messages. Stick with us right here on Right Now on the Mojo Five O Radio Network.
5: This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.
4: and the pain in the back of your eyes forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com.
0: And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America-first perspective. So Fredo doesn't like being Fredo. I Who knew? Who knew? I thought Fredo liked being Fredo. Fredo hates being Fredo. You know, I was thinking about that over the break. I think what may be going on here, you know, while Fredo's been locked in his basement, he's he's had his uh, his big brother, senior, by about, I think, 12 years he's been having his uh, his governor of new york brother andrew como come on and they've had sort of a running act it's, i i got to admit pretty interesting pretty entertaining the you know the back and forth but i i think as fredo has been interviewing his brother he's realized that you know his brother is actually doing so, something substantial with his life carrying on the family legacy of his father, Mario Como, and uh, being governor of New York and actually doing substantive things while Fredo's over there, you know, bogged down in this, uh, this BS propaganda network. And he has to interact every evening for, you know, uh, five or ten minutes when they throw the show over to Don Lamont. And he's probably realizing, oh, my God, what have I done with my life? I'm Fredo. I'm actually Fredo. If you're listening and you think Fredo is is just the character from the Hobbit uh that's not the Fredo that that uh, Andrew Cuomo Fredo uh that Andrew Cuomo is uh is being labeled with is of course the Fredo from The Godfather the younger actually Fredo in that case was uh was Michael Corleone's older brother and uh, but he was the screw up of the family he's the he's the one that uh that the godfather character identified as the weak brother the useless brother the fredo brother like andrew or like chris como to andrew como and uh and you know, I, I think he's he's just having an identity crisis locked down in his basement. He's he is widely referred to now as Fredo. That is that is who he is. And when he threw that fit when that uh, when that guy called him Fredo, and uh, you know threw that fit, he he cemented that moniker on him for the rest of his life. And he, he sure he hates it. Sure he hates it. Maybe I could be governor one day too. Well. Uh, You've probably been keeping up. The FBI has been unredacting some of these FISA documents that they use uh, uh, to get these warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. Everybody in the mainstream media and including Fox News, and it drives me crazy whenever they refer to this, they say the FISA warrant to spy on Carter Page. This warrant was not to spy on Carter Page. That was just to get the camel's nose in the tent. Carter Page was just their entree into the Trump campaign. Because when you get one of these FISA warrants, you get the two-hop rule. And I'll just remind you, I know a lot of my listeners know what the two-hop rule is. But it allows you to not only spy on the person that's named in the FISA warrant, but to spy on everybody who he talks to and everybody that they talk to. The two-hop rule. So this effectively gave the FBI... And the Department of Justice access to all of uh, the anybody that Carter Page interacted with going forward and going backward. So, all of the communications email, text messages, voice communication that is captured and stored on giant government servers, all of the communications that he had with the Trump campaign Obama, Brennan, Comey. Clapper, Strzok, Page, McCabe, Precept, all of uh, uh, Sally Yates over at the UN, all of these communications were shared with the Obama administration, who you can bet were pushing it out the back door to the Hillary Clinton campaign. But Jim Jordan was appearing on with Lou Dobbs. This is kind of a long clip I want to play you. Let's see how long it is before I get started on it. It's, uh, it's about two minutes. But um, Jordan is bringing everybody up to speed on the latest developments regarding these um, redactions that have now been revealed. There were footnotes to these FISA warrants where they tried to hide all of their lies that they were presenting to the FISA judges
4: also also learned from the footnotes that were declassified the fbi knew all along they knew all along that christopher Steele was getting played by the russians they knew it i think they didn't care because they were so out to get this president and bill barr is and john durham are working on getting to the bottom of this let's hope that they do just that and let's hope that this report and the investigation are completed and the reports given to congress sometime this summer
0: Well, the problem there is you give it to Congress, you're going to give it to Adam Schiff at the House Intelligence Committee, who is promptly going to cover it up um, and and try to discredit it. And on the Senate side, they're going to give it to the disgraced Senator Richard Byrd, the Senate Intelligence Committee, Richard Burr, who basically just um, mouths these platitudes about how we're going to proceed in a bipartisan fashion. Then he then he turns around and holds mark warner's coat while mark warner proceeds to smear the uh the trump presidency back to this clip
3: no one has followed uh, Spygate closer than you uh, and knows uh, the intricacies of the, of the whole sordid web uh, that uh, surrounded this president uh, as a result of the efforts of the radical Dems to uh, destroy him and to overthrow his presidency. Yep. What I don't understand among many things about this is why if the FBI was so concerned about Russian assets that it didn't immediately look to Christopher Steele and investigate the hell out of him, because he was lined up in every instance with the radical Dems who were lined up with, the, uh, with Russia on a host of issues, uh, not the least of which was the, uh, uh, the fraudulent dossier they had created to destroy a political candidate.
0: Whatever they accuse you of, they're doing themselves. You know, the, the charge against Trump was he was colluding with the Russians. In fact... It was the Hillary Clinton campaign that was colluding with the Russians in the form of Christopher Steele, who is using, literally using Russian intelligence officers to provide the smears that he then packaged up in this dossier and weaponized it to go after and spy on the Trump campaign. Back to Jim Jordan.
4: Yeah. Well, never forget what the attorney general said a year ago now. When he talked about the people at the FBI who ran this investigation, the top people, he said there was a failure of leadership at the upper echelon of the FBI. So that means Comey, McCabe, Baker, Struck, Page, they all knew that Christopher Steele was getting played by Russian intelligence people. They were feeding him information that was not accurate, but they did. The top people at the FBI, they didn't care. They were so determined to go after this president that even before he was elected president in summer of 2016, they spied on two American citizens associated with the presidential campaign.
0: There they did it again. They spied on two American citizens. No, they didn't spy on two American citizens. They spied on everybody in the Trump campaign that interacted with those two American citizens. He, of course, is talking about Carter Page and George Papadopoulos. They sent spies inside the Trump campaign to dangle lures to try to entrap them. The one guy that's uh, received very little attention is Felix Sater, a longtime CIA asset who dangled the prospect of a Trump Tower in Moscow in front of Michael Cohen if he could just get Donald Trump to agree to a call with Vladimir Putin. They sent, uh, they sent spies to, to go after the assistant campaign manager. Halper, um, you know, wanted to be on the advisory board of the Trump campaign, Stephen Halper, who was a a CIA spy. They had Hank Greenberg, an FBI informant offering money to Roger Stone. If he would, uh, if he would, take information from the Russians who was offering him $2 million. It was, it's the biggest travesty in American political history as, as uh, Bill Barr called it, William Barr called it the other day. And we can only hope, hope against hope that at some point, John Durham will, uh, will bring indictments. Here's the problem with John Durham's investigation. He's impaneled grand juries in Washington, D.C., Now, I'm glad you got a grand jury going, so you've got subpoena power and you can drag witnesses in there. The problem, though, is if you have the grand jury in Washington, D.C., then you're going to have to try the case in Washington, D.C., and you're never, ever, 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 ever going to get a conviction of any of these swamp rats with a jury of swamp rats. and he he's he's gonna have to take it outside of washington d c and and the Department of Justice has done that in the Russiagate case. The Southern District of New York reached down into uh the Washington district and pulled um uh Podesta John Podesta's brother, what was his first name? He was a lobbyist who had done all of the same things that they prosecuted. Paul Manafort for doing is it Andy Podesta, a- Anthony Podesta. They reached into Washington, took over the case of the prosecution against Tony Podesta and uh, several other Clinton cronies, pulled him up into New York, looked at him and said, "Oh, nothing to see here," and and uh, let him off the hook. Well, if the Southern District of New York can reach into Washington D.C. and take over an investigation and a prosecution. Why can't the, uh, the district in southern Florida do exactly the same thing? Reach in there, take over this, uh, this case that Durham is heading up, and so we can get a jury that is not already baked into the cake that they're going to acquit all of these swamp creatures, these fellow swamp creatures. Hey man, can I get you to go over to AmericaFirstradio.shop, That's AmericaFirstradio.shop and order your banana bag oral solutions today. If you get dehydrated from a medical condition or an illness, and uh, and this uh, this coronavirus will leave you dehydrated, or if you uh, you know you just got an underlying medical condition uh, like diabetes or something that will leave you dehydrated or you uh you become dehydrated through work or exercise you want this banana bag oral solution in your medicine chest it is uh it is full of uh b and a vitamins uh the the same type of um, uh formulation they'll give you if you become um your immune your immune system is suppressed. So They'll give you these B vitamins and C vitamins to restore your immune system. It's got potassium, dextrose, sodium, chloride. No sweeteners in the adult version. You can get a PG, pediatric version with uh, a uh, a little bit of sweetener. No preservatives, no artificial colors, dyes, GMOs. It's all gluten-free. Get yours today for $15.50 with free same-day shipping. By going over to americafirstradio.shop, that's americafirstradio.shop, you'll get five packs for $15.50. So we're now, you know, they're starting to drip out a little bit more of this information all the time. It's gone on three years, and we just got a few months left before you could possibly introduce any of these prosecutions without, you know, being accused of, uh, of politicizing it. And we can just hope that John Durham is uh, is on the ball and is going to have the good sense to take the prosecution of these cases out of Washington, D.C. So yesterday, uh, the president of the United States at his press conference announced that he was freezing all the funding to the world health organization long overdue. We should uh, withdraw from the world health organization and set up some sort of parallel uh organization and of course this is because uh the director tetros and i can't pronounce the rest of his name but he is an ethiopian who had a long history of uh in the health service there in ethiopia covering up cholera outbreaks but he was supported by the communist chinese government and so he got all of his little tyrants and dictators all over the country and the united nations to elect him as the director of the WHO and in appreciation for doing that he had the WHO uh, continue to propagate these lies that communist China was saying that this virus was not transmissible from human to human that it could only uh, pass from animal to human and lost the world about two months of preparing for this this pandemic at the same time they were allowing uh, their infected citizens from Wuhan, China to fly all over the world heavily, a heavy concentration of them, of course, flew to Northern Italy where they were hit so hard, but a couple of hundred thousand came to the United States as well. I'm going to play you this clip here. This is uh Trump at yesterday's press briefing announcing that, uh, we are withholding funding to the World Health Organization.
3: Today I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the World Health Organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus.
0: Today I'm instructing... You would have thought that the president had... Um, had withdrawn from, um, (laughs) I guess, the Paris Climate Accord. Oh, the liberals melted down. They lost their minds. They freaked out. How can you withdraw from the World Health Organization during the middle of a pandemic? Well, you can do that because the World Health Organization has now discredited itself. It has shown, if nothing else, that it cannot be counted on to lead in uh, a critical crisis like this, I'll play you a clip here. This is Mike Pompeo uh, with a little bit more lengthy explanation of of why we had to get or we had to freeze funding for the World Health Organization. And this is what the president was talking about today. We we need to know answers to these things. We still have this virus
2: out there. You talked about trying to get the economy going, not only here in the United States, but around the world. We need answers to these questions. We need transparency. And we need the World Health Organization to do its job, to perform its primary function, which is to make sure that the world has accurate, timely, eff- effective, real information about what's going on in the global health space. And they, and they didn't
0: get that done here. Well, they didn't get it done. They're not going to get it done. They're a... Uh, uh a UN arm. Now you know we sit on the Security Council at the United Nations, so we can sort of we've got veto power over the, any of the idiot plans that come out of that organization. But other than that, if you look at the the body, uh, the majority in the United Nations, they're not Western democracies. They're not places where people have freedom. They are a a, a collection of two-bit dictators corrupt as hell who steal uh, the wealth from their countries and show up in Manhattan driving their limousines and parking on the curb without having to worry about getting a ticket and use the United Nations as their their gravy train. And the United States is funding all this and has been. uh, How far back does the United Nations go? 50? 60, 70 years now. So, you know, we need to stop funding uh, for United Nations efforts if all they're going to do is parrot the lines of of the dominant dictatorship in the world today, which is, of course, China. But don't don't try to tell that to any uh, Democrats or any of the mainstream media. You've actually got CNN over there basically parroting the line they hate Donald Trump so bad that they're basically adopting as fact Chinese communist propaganda saying that oh we've got more cases and deaths than China does and and believing China's claim that they've only had 8300 deaths from this virus he had senator chris murphy democrat of connecticut go on cnn with uh with the little albino Anderson Cooper and say this. And the reason that we're in the crisis that we are today um, is not because of anything that China did, is not because of anything the WHO did. It's because of what this president and the So it's not China's fault who la- who unleashed this virus on the world, kept it secret, allowed it to spread. Had the World Health Organization, who is also without fault, according to Senator Chris Murphy, Democratic Connecticut, allowed it to spread and wreck our economy. I mean, you know, I've got a, a good friend on Twitter who he's saying we ought to go to war over this. We have we China has declared war on us and they have done more damage than uh, that than was done on nine eleven to America and its economy and its people there's some truth to that, but the answer is not going to war with communist China. The answer is doing the same thing we did with the old Soviet Union, isolating them, ostracizing them, marginalizing them, and running them out of business, quite opposite of what our brilliant leaders in the foreign policy uh, and and national defense communities have done, shipping our jobs over there for cheap goods, turning a communist Chinese dictatorship from a backwater peasant um, nation to a military and industrial superpower that's now on the world stage trying to displace us. And we've got these buffoons like Chris Murphy in the U.S. Senate saying this. The reason that we're in the crisis that we are today um, is not because of anything that China did. It's not because of anything the WHO did. It's because of what this president did. Can you imagine if, if uh, a U.S. senator, during the height of the Cold War, when uh, the old Soviet Union was threatening the United States, like China is now, coming out and, uh, and taking the side of the enemy... What else do I want to talk about here? So, uh, you know, I, I said on, um, I guess it was Tuesday's show, yesterday's show, that Trump, despite his claims, does not have authority to order govern- governors across this nation to uh, to uh, declare the public health crisis over and to reopen their economies. Now, I, I should hasten to say that a lot of the steps that are being taken by these governors especially these democrat governors i'm looking at you gretchen whitmer and you ralph northam a lot of the actions they take are are taking are blatantly unconstitutional so um uh, the attorney general could certainly bring charges against uh the overstepping gretchen whitmer's got people he she has forbid them to travel to their second homes in other words they're not allowed to leave these densely populated cities in michigan and travel to their uh, fishing camps up on uh up at mackinaw or on the upper peninsula and and get the hell away from the the contagion she's got them locked in their homes they're not even allowed to go to their second homes and uh and this shutting down of the the church services on on Easter is going to go down as a national shame. The fact that the American people allowed themselves to be shut out of church services when the pastors were just, uh, you know, doing outdoor services in the parking lot, letting, letting everybody come to the parking lot and sit in their cars with their windows rolled up. There was no chance of contagion. And, of course, uh, the, the pastor was going to give his, uh, his sermons via um, a low-power low, freak, a low power FM frequency so everybody could listen to their cars. Even in Mississippi, Greenwood, Mississippi, heart of the Bible belt. You had uh, police showing up and and um, issuing citations to churchgoers. I can tell you, having a little bit of familiarity with Greenwood, Mississippi, and uh, a lot more familiarity with mississippi and the culture there that that is not going to go over well that mayor that sent his police force out to ticket parishioners on easter sunday uh, needs to be looking for another line of work because he will not be reelected. I, I you can mark me down on that but uh you know drive-through food oh yeah that's good drive through abortions yeah we can we can do that according to the democrat governors in in virginia drive through church oh hell no we can't have that and it, you know one thing watching all this all of these people that have always told us that oh our police would never violate our rights that is our final line of protection <laughs> how's that working out for you it seems to me just watching the coverage on tv that these police departments at the order of their you know uh, their elected officials the mayors and city councils seem to really be taken to this whole gestapo thing with a lot of gusto gusto gestapo. and conservatives used to say well police they would never confiscate our guns, come into our house, houses, and seize our weapons. They need to look at these, uh, these fascists that are uh, shutting down church services. Dominic Izzo had a, a good take on this on Twitter. He said, if you're, a law, if you're in law enforcement and you're battling in your mind about issuing citations to citizens for going to church, it's time for you to step down. And that is exactly right. When you take that oath of office that I've taken probably uh, three or four times in my life, you raise your hand and you swear to protect the Constitution of the United States. And I know that uh, our rights have to be balanced against uh, the public health, but you can't go tell people they can't go to sit in a church parking lot there's no actual danger there there's no balancing going on there there is just a a, a predisposition on the part of these mayors one uh, toward despotism and two toward people of faith for his uh, uh part um uh, William Barr has announced that uh you cannot um you know invoke any of these limitations on people's right to worship if it doesn't pose a, an actual health risk gretchen whitmer oh the mayor of michigan she is uh she's trying to out out fascist all of the other governors she's shut down boating in uh in michigan you're not allowed to to uh go out on the lakes anymore i guess it's not Quite unlike what's going on here here in Florida Where they've got all the boat ramps closed But these people have their own docks They've got docks on the lake They're not allowed to go out on the boat Now they can go out on a, a canoe Or a kayak But they can't take their, their power boat out And at the same time Franklin Graham who set up a Samaritan's Purse hospital In Central Park And is serving people Without regard to uh, their faith or lack thereof is being harassed by these radical leftists in New York City. And we've got Google and Apple trying to figure out how they're going to follow us all and, and find out who does and who does not have the virus. They'll probably be selling your name to, to uh, some people that have some, some uh, cures for this. Well, that's all. Join us back here again tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.
1: When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm. what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit amazon.com slash hyundai, or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
5: This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.